0: Live from Santa Monica, California, it is the show that, um, of course, the day after getting shut off mid-live stream, is experiencing technical difficulties. Welcome back, Mover Nation. Um, man, it has been an exhausting day. I'm going to get into that in a little bit, uh, but here we are. <laughs> Back for another one. Who knows what's going to happen in this live stream? Uh, if you are new to the channel, welcome. Here's who I am. I'm Collier Landry. This is Moving Past Trauma Live. Let's get into it. Testimony continued today in the most notorious criminal trial in. When I was 12 years old, my testimony sent my father to prison for murdering my mother. This podcast serves as a type of therapy and reconciliation for myself. And it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Trauma. Mover Nation, welcome back to your Thursday Live. If you are new to my channel, welcome. For those of you that are saying who this guy is, you know, there's a little bit about me, so now you know. Please remember that I am not a lawyer. I am not a psychologist. I do not work in law enforcement. I am just a guy who has been through a lot of, well, stuff. And I'm here to let you know that you can make it out the other side and kind of be, you know, somewhat okay. As long as you have a steady internet connection and a good computer, you'll be all right. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Um, as always, if you do enjoy this content, please remember to click the like button below. Give me that thumbs up. It helps with the algorithm. And if you feel so inclined, please subscribe and click the alert bell. There we are. Um, it has been a day already. I've been up since 5 AM. My time. I live in Los Angeles and Santa Monica, and uh, uh, I'm also hoping that you guys can hear me. Let me read the comments. <laughs> uh, I'm just a guy that's been through a lot of stuff. Yes, Kim Shorn. Um, anyways, uh, it has been a very weird. It has not been a weird day. It has been a great day, but um, you know, I often I don't I don't think about it enough in my life but you know closing chapters is a really important thing and wow browser is having camera issues again you know uh, you know a lot of times uh we don't really think enough about closing chapters moving on and things of that nature I always uh let's see if this camera switch works um but today i closed a chapter a pretty big chapter um, from something that has been lingering for about three, a little over three years. And, um, I've been helping a friend, uh, uh, who's been going through a lot of stuff and making a lot of transitions in their life. And today finally helped them pack up their stuff and move on to a new, a new life on the other side of the country. And it was this very, um, uh, you know, it, it it's been a long time coming for them and they've, they're, they're starting to have a lot of resolutions in their life after going through something very dramatic, and I'm not going to get into all the details and personal details of this person's journey, but it's one of those things that's as I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm, uh, you know, I've helped them load up their car and, and help them pack up their apartment. Uh, and, and they've been through a lot of, like I said, a lot of personal turmoil, a lot of interpersonal relationship turmoil, a lot of work turmoil, and to sort of help them be that last person here in LA that has helped them put that final, like, okay, close that chapter of their life so they can start a new life is, um, is really refreshing. And I, and, you know, I think a lot about these things in a way of, uh, you try to go through life and not to sound philosophical, but you, you go through life trying to create create as little turmoil as possible but also you know be as positive as you can for other people and also <clears throat> help them through journeys if you can and uh to see them make some decisions that like finally you know we all have these friends that you know can be very stubborn and they don't want to really you know per se uh they don't necessarily want to always improve their lives in a way and and you're just like hoping that they understand that they need to make a change and to see that actually come to fruition and to see those, you know, there's crumbs that get left along the way a lot of times. And to see that play out and people move on from chapters that are, that are, that are very big and and move past their trauma, if you will. um, It's been very positive. It was, it was, it's a bittersweet day because it's a, a, you know, this person's moving back to the other side of the country Uh, and they're going to start a new journey and it's great to see them, um, move forward. Uh, so yeah, it's been a very reflective last, uh, what is it? I've been up since 5 AM. So it's 3 PM now. Uh, yeah. So I guess the last like nine hours set 10 hours, something like that. Um, It's been something. I literally just walked through the door and they left me with some great plants. I got to show you guys this. A beautiful, ginormous fiddle leaf fig, which I was very excited. Uh, They said, I'm going to leave you my plants. And if you can check those out, look at those beautiful, if they come into focus, that is. Look at those beautiful, the beautiful fiddle leaf fig. There's a little baby ficus right there that's next to my little girl Marisol's. Uh, <clears throat> bad, but yeah. If you can look, I mean, look at that, look at that bad boy. <clears throat> very, very exciting. So, um, I got some plants out of it. Uh, but uh yeah, moving on. And I had a whole thing that I was gonna do today. We're gonna play. We're gonna play a trailer. <laughs> and we're gonna see <laughs> if the gods of YouTube let us continue to play it. For those of you that were on, uh, that were on yesterday, uh, my live stream got. Uh, suspended because I was sharing uh, some... Uh, a 16 minutes interview about Sam Bankman Freed. And um, I thought that that could be something that you could share <laughs> when you're offering analysis. That's sort of like what the whole thing about YouTube is and sharing things and sharing news broadcasts. But apparently you can. Uh, so it shut me down, but uh, I could have restarted. I guess I didn't know. I got emails from YouTube, um, but they've taken it down. I got to deal with the copyright thing and I'll be back up and rolling. But so here we are. Um, but I'm going to share. So um, <clears throat> the other night, Uh, And for those of you that don't know, I made a documentary about my life. It was called A Murder in Mansfield. I made it with two-time Oscar winner, Barbara Koppel. I am a uh, a filmmaker. That is the career that I've had up until I started this podcast about a year and change ago, a year and a half ago now. And uh, I, um, uh, I am very fascinated with film and especially documentary film. And there is a new docuseries that is out on HBO. And it is called Savior Complex and man it is a doozy and i don't want to give up i mean i probably will give away spoilers so if you uh if you are planning on seeing this the 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 docu it's been out for a few, it's been out i believe for a couple months or at least maybe a month but it's let's check it out it's a very interesting documentary but this will give you the crux of it and then we'll get into it i think some of the most wild accusations that were made about me is that i Killed 800 children. I was medically experimenting on children compared to Adolf Hitler, assumed to be part of the KKK. It's kind of like, where to begin, you know? What is feeling called by God? What is that like? Baby (laughs) Jack! I just started to see malnutrition everywhere. So many children came seeking help. We decided to make a malnutrition rehab center. She would do things as if she was a medical personnel. She was not qualified to do this. They were not licensed as a medical center. DIY, is that what you call it? This was over my head as a nurse. So we went to the U.S. Embassy. Charges that he brought against Renee. So many wild accusations. We need to talk about the white savior Complex. I do believe we saved lives, hundreds and hundreds of them. Renee is being put up as an angel. People back in America think she's awesome. They're giving her money. Like Renee, bring death on the continent. Let he who has never seen him be the first biggest stone and throw at Renee. So much of the white savior complex is the legacy of colonialism. I feel like I've taken the hit for every single white person in Uganda. Justice. It means so many things to so many people. Your ears, it is you! You're You're knitting! I did not kill children. Do you think Renee's a murderer? I would not. Oh, God, that's a good question. I love what C.S. Lewis says. No man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. Isn't that true? So... <clears throat> that is savior complex, and uh, I'll tell you, it is a doozy three-parter <laughs> of a docu series. So, uh, as you can see, there are two, um, there are two sort of, I would say, warring factions, and let's keep. The, the thing that I, when I look into, and I I wouldn't say this is like a true crime documentary because it's, uh, even though it has elements of that, it is a very humanity, a humanely driven documentary, but of course there's these two sort of like warring factions and the biggest loser, as in all of these things, is the victims, is the mothers, the families, And at the crux of all of this is this woman, Renee Bach, uh, who interesting last name, by the way, one of my favorite composers. Um, Bach. uh, So Renee Bach uh, was a a missionary uh, from an evangelical background. And look, this is again. I want to be very clear. I am not here to weigh in on religion or politics of any sort of nature. Um, You know, I. I grew up in a very sort of interesting scenario because when I was, um, you know, I was uh, uh, not particularly raised in a religious household per se. Uh, My... My uh, my parent, my real parents, growing up, my mother and my father were Catholic, but they weren't really practicing Catholic. They were like holiday Catholics, right? I mean, I went through the confirmation or not confirmation, first Holy Communion, etc. All the things you do in Catholic Church, but I wasn't really into that. Uh, when I went into foster care, those foster parents were very religious, and then um, and I got involved in a lot of church groups because sort of trying to escape my situation and just figuring things out. Um, I went to various church groups over the years just to sort of, you know, uh, just because I was in a very discovering myself phase. And I remember hearing people that would come back from these missionary trips or go on these missionary trips or desire to go on these missionary trips. And I would think, wow. Um, and I had friends that were very involved in church and I, again, I was not, so I'm not here to excoriate or, or or, or, you know, chastise any of these people, because I do feel that a lot of times these people that go into these situations, they go into them with very pure intentions. The one thing that has always struck me as odd about any sort of missionary work is when they are, um, when they are in these other countries or when people are in need of their services. Food, water, medical services, it's like like clean water, (laughs) healthy food, um, uh, 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 medical services, is it feels like, and again, I've not been there, but it has a tone of like, well, if you believe what we believe, we'll give this to you. So there's this like carrot dangling of, if you accept what we believe as a uh, a religion, then we will help you. If you don't do that, then this... And I might be totally off base on this, but this is just my perception, right? So I think a lot of this gets tainted and skewed in this sort of lens, if you will, already, right? So this girl Renee Bach seems to be have very good intentions. Uh, graduates high school, goes at age nineteen on a missionary trip to Uganda, and wants to, and sees all these children in famine, right? And um, obviously, you see, and this this is the worst part of this docu-series too is seeing the, the famine and seeing these people, uh, that, you know, we, we take a lot for granted in this country. And I know that this country is far from perfect. I uh, far from perfect in terms of, of things as simple as race relations and, 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 socioeconomic status differences and things like that. But man, do we have it? Do we have it good, I mean. something as simple as going over to the faucet and knowing that you will get clean and safe water to drink. I mean, that is, that is something that these people just don't have. And I think that if you, if you look at this documentary in that way of just sort of being very thankful for the things that we really take for granted here, really take for granted. um, uh, That's, that's, you know, people, I remember there's a part of the documentary when they were saying how, when they would come to Rene's to this, you know, center that they established under it's their nonprofit or NGO was uh, serving his children and um, his as in God's children. And one of the things that they were saying is that not only do these mothers who have these children who are, you know, in famine, uh, come and they get food and their water, but they even the, 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 one woman was speaking in Uganda talking about how they gave us soap. I thought soap, <laughs> like that, that being a luxury that they didn't have soap to clean themselves. And I thought, wow, like we take so much for granted. So anyways. I feel when you're watching this, you know, it's tugging on your heart. It's very hard to watch these children and, uh, at the, uh, these sort of two warring factions of that are involved in this is there's this, this woman and this serving with uh, serving his children, uh, this woman, um, uh, Renee Bach and her mother also runs the, um, runs the NGO back in the United States. She's from Virginia. She grew up in rural Virginia. And she had enlisted other, other people, obviously other missionaries to, to assist her in this mission that she had of serving his children, right in Uganda. And the, 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 the thing that, that is that where it all gets very tricky is she's providing all this aid to children, right? Um they are malnourished. They, they come in with all these diseases because of malnourishment. And she seems to almost take, almost take the role of that. She is a doctor in a lot of ways. And this is where this whole thing starts to, starts to, uh, unravel, if you will. Now the girl who ends this trailer, uh. She was a nurse practitioner in the United States came as part of the missionary trip to offer her nursing skills. This girl Renee, uh, seemed to always sort of Trump doctors that she, or the nurses that she employed in her organization. Hey movers. Well, summer has officially set. <laughs> and as we move into the fall and the upcoming holiday period, I know all of the hustle and bustle can create a lot of problems with our sleep. And that's why I want to tell you guys about a product that I've been using from Next Evo Naturals, and that is their premium CBD nighttime formula. Now, I'll tell you, sleep is a very precious commodity to me. I've been doing a lot of traveling and you know, getting my my perfect amount of rest every night has been something that has been eluding me until I discovered Next Evo Naturals premium CBD nighttime formula. I'm telling you, I have never felt this refreshed in my life. I'm telling you, it has been amazing for my quality of sleep. I wake up refreshed and I get ready to greet the day with a smile, go, go, go energy all day. Upgrade to better natural solutions from NextEvo Naturals. Go to NextEvo.com and use promo code MPT to get 25% off. That's 25% off at N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com, promo code MPT. And was doing things like giving IVs, giving medications, not uh, really understanding And, and it, and look, my father was a doctor and I was the kid, the nerdy kid who had his nose in all my father's medical books. And there was something that as I was watching, it, it completely stuck out to me. The child's stomach was very inflamed. As often you see with malnutrition kids, they have these big these big stomachs. And the doctor said... Uh, he has a ascites, a which is like a, I believe it's A-S-C-I-T-E-S, which is a disease of like retain, re, retaining fluid. It happens a lot in people who drink a lot of alcohol. Um, it, it's a it's gout is also one of those things, but um, ascites is something that can happen when you're when your liver, from what I understand, your liver doesn't metabolize fluids properly, uh, or your or your your renal system, your kidneys, your your liver. Your pancreas, <clears throat> all of that is what flushes your system out. Again, layman doctor. I am not a lawyer. I'm not a psychologist. I am a, certainly not a doctor. I'm just a guy who's been through a lot of stuff. But no, that was the first thing that stuck to me, stuck out to me. And she was talking to the doctor, and she was talking to the camera, and she was describing it was what was going on to in the um, in, in the child was that he had cirrhosis. And it's not cirrhosis because cirrhosis is a de- degeneration of the litter. acetes is something totally different. And I even, I know that. And I thought, oh, okay, here she is. The doctor says one thing. She's saying it to the camera because they obviously have people that are documenting, um, that are documenting their, uh, their journey, right. The, the whole way, which has made it very, it's, it's so wonderful. And by the way, thank you so much, Kathleen Welsh for your super sticker and yes not sure if you can watch this. You told me to watch (laughs) another documentary, which I'm getting ready to watch and I will will comment on next week. But this, uh, yeah, this is really tough, but however, so, um, that was one of the things she she sort of contradicted the doctor on camera. And one of the amazing things about these documentaries that I, as a filmmaker, just go, God, I wish that I had stuff like this. (laughs) When I made my film, I wish that my parents had film i had a you know a super 8 camera when i was a kid growing up or whatever i would have all this like footage because we just didn't have any of that my parents were not into like filming stuff my my real parents were just not into my birth parents were not into doing any of that so i don't have any archival home video footage or anything like that uh what you see in the documentary is pretty much it um so, uh, yes, they are evangelical. Uh, so to, uh, stance MB says, uh, these are evangelical missionaries. Um, and, uh, and, and I didn't, again, I don't think religion has anything to do with this woman's particular participation or almost sort of like what appears to come out as like a godlike complex or thinking that she is the most knowledgeable person because you see all this play out on camera, which is uh, the thing that really sticks out is and they're talking about it as well. They're talking about it on in the film itself. Uh, you know, she has a tendency to be, you know, to not listen to the doctors to think that she's more knowledgeable or sort of jump in. And they literally have her on video telling the nurses, Oh, this is how you give an IV. This is how you do this. Oh, this is what's wrong with him prescribing medications. And there was a, there was a, a scene where she was, uh, uh, and, and you can see these Ugandan nurses and these Ugandan doctors Like they're kind of looking at the camera when she's, you know, sort of adding her diagnosis and look, all of us have worked in situations. And I think a lot of times I hear in the medical field and and I know that there are people that are on here that work in the medical profession whether as nurses or as hospital in hospital administration that know that doctors will sometimes supersede or, or need to weigh in on certain things. It is just human nature. They are the smartest people in the room usually, or, or they think they are. And, uh, uh, oftentimes, um, People will jump in this woman's not a doctor. She didn't even have any medical training. She literally shows up to Uganda with training in like CPR and a high school diploma and says, and which is great. It's very altruistic. I love it. Like, I want to go there and help. But as you watch this film progress and as we watch the series is three parts. She slowly like feels her oats. Right? Uh, so complaints start coming back because children are dying. That's the thing that's the the big part is these kids come in and they are so malnutritioned and she's literally like, okay, I'm going to put an IV in them. It seems to be like her answer to, uh, to, to, Get, get these kids in. Uh, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna help them. We'll put an IV in, then we'll start giving them fluids. Start giving them. Le- and the, the problem is, is that because they're so malnutritioned, they haven't had anything, and their body can go into anaphylactic shock <laughs> because you're giving them an IV. If you haven't had any fluids or any water or any electrolytes, and all of a sudden your body's getting bombarded with all of this stuff, y- you can go into anaphylactic shock, which can anaphylactic shock, which can kill you, <laughs> as we all know and so there were uh, there were tons of these cases where the the film goes up to saying that 800 some people say 800 people children died in her care in her care and she's on camera saying i don't do this because obviously years later because she leaves uganda and you know not a spoiler alert again i'm going to talk a lot about this she ends up yeah okay Let me back up a little bit while she's doing all this work. Some of the, the, uh, the nurses and the doctors, the Ugandan nurses and doctors that she is working with have essentially, uh, started talking amongst themselves and said, She's become very involved. She uh, she is now, when we're trying to give an IV, telling us how to give an IV or telling us what the patient needs or prescribing uh, prescriptions for these children. Instead of using what the doctor says, she'll go in and change the prescription pad and be like, no, he needs this without any medical training. She did not go to medical school. She didn't have any medical training. And That is the thing that is very, very disturbing. It's not that she, you know, because she did go into this with a, with a good heart, but it's like this whole thing took over inside of her where, where it was sort of her way or the highway. And of course the casualties of all of this are the children and the families. And again, and, and. This was just an evangelical missionary, uh, uh, situation. This doesn't have anything to do with church or anything, <laughs> uh, because that was just the reason that they were there or they, it, it, it's not the religion that's getting in the way of this. It's her that gets in the way of this. And. The thing is, is that all this is documented by her own people. So before the documentary filmmakers stepped in and started filming things much later on down the road and started doing all this investigative uh, work with the documentary, she had, you know, film crews and, and you know, film crews, people with, you know, Sony handy and stuff filming her along the way because they're raising donations back in the United States and across the world to be able to support the mission. Right. Which is obviously a very good thing. And again, In theory, it's a great idea. So halfway through the second episode, we start to, or maybe even towards the beginning, uh, there is this nurse and her husband who had moved, who were evangelicals, who then started to notice as, as white people who were educated coming from the United States that like, this is, she is literally not being appropriate. Like, like she is literally doling out medical advice and be trying to play doctor. And they even reported her back to the organization, which of course is run by her mother back in Virginia. And so they brought in more doctors and they brought they hired locally. They, they got Ugandan doctors, they got Ugandan nurses to come in and work. Uh, but again, as you see unfold on camera, Every time those people are trying to work with the children or say things, she's interjecting and saying, no, this is what you need to do. No, this is what you need to do. And of course, anyone who works in that situation, who has a job, because also they have a job, which a lot of people in a very poor country in Africa don't even have jobs. So they don't want to say anything because they don't want to lose their job. So there's this fear of not only if they speak up that they'll lose their job, but also, you know, they're going to contribute to, uh, you know, these children not being treated because some of the children are actually being treated and are surviving. Obviously, it's not like every child that goes through this this organization is, um, you know, meets the demise. A lot of them are, are are rejuvenated and obviously become healthy again, and then are able to lead lead productive lives and etc. and wonderful things. But this focuses on the sort of I guess you would call it if you were dealing with a doctor you would call it malpractice, and uh, this nurse and her husband end up leaving the organization and working with another with another organization that was based in Uganda and using their medical skills and their medical training that they got in the United States to actually to actually be able to uh, help and and help children uh, who are malnourished and malnutritioned. Enter in the other warring faction in this whole thing, which is this no white saviors organization, which ironically <laughs> is run by Ugandan women. Yes. And a white woman from the United States who as an evangelical. Uh, uh, and, and she calls it. She says herself, I am a white savior in recovery uh, who was, who as this whole thing unfolds starting in the second episode you start to wonder like what are her intentions are so her intentions along with these these women who are running this group no white saviors who then establish an Instagram presence a Facebook page a social media presence on Twitter etc cetera, etc cetera, they began to sort of crusade against this Renee Bach and against serving his children uh, as an organization, because they are saying, and they, as you saw in the trailer, they're posting things like your, our black children are not your photo op, et cetera, et cetera. There's all these things that are, and it is very novel. Like they are literally saying you are in our country and you are, they're calling it neo-colonialism, uh, which I can understand, and uh, again, I'm not in this situation, so I can't really say one way or the other, but I can understand you have strange people in your country taking over uh, things that you're doing. And yes, they come with the best intentions, but as they always say, the road to hell is paved with the best intentions. And that is where this whole thing leads. So uh, this girl, this, this white girl from <laughs> the United States, who is part of this No White Saviors organization, she's you start to see that she kind of has an agenda as well because she all of a sudden is is becoming very very impassioned with now holding renee responsible uh for what is going on and she starts riling people up and she's been reporting this and obviously people are very concerned and there are even people Who are United States citizens who are in Uganda, who hear about this organization, who are concerned with this woman who is essentially playing doctor and therefore God with these children uh, becomes very concerned with the fact that uh, they that they uh, uh, that they're doing this and reports them to the U.S. government. And the U.S. government says, well, what do you want us to do? that's this is ugandan law like we don't have anything to do with this uh and they're like well she's a united states citizen they say well yeah but you're in uganda (laughs) like we this is not our jurisdiction you need to go to the ugandan authorities now uh that is what begins to sort of uh, obviously raise more red flags and in the over the course of this the uh This no white savior is savior's organization is getting out this message and making these claims that this woman has, has essentially murdered 800 African children, 800 Ugandan children through playing God, playing doctor with her organization. And at the end of the second episode ish, basically her mother calls her and from Virginia and says, you need to get out of there like immediately. She packs up, she goes on a plane, she goes back to the United States and she doesn't come back. She brings her one Ugandan daughter back with her that she legally adopted. They come back to the United States. And this is a three-part <clears throat> series. And I've, and I've listened to some other creators discuss the, this whole neocolonialism aspect and how the, the HBO has allowed this woman to, uh, to have a three-part documentary series to explain her side of the story. I disagree with that. Um, I don't think that's, I mean, I think that's a, a very myopic way of looking at it. I understand where they're coming from, but I think it's a little myopic. This documentary is to show both sides of this situation. And it really does. The filmmakers do an excellent job of sort of letting you just, they present the case for them. They present the case for the Snow White Saviors, and they sort of allow you to just kind of take away from it what you, what you are, because essentially They, this woman, Renee Bach over the years has documented herself playing doctor and playing God with these children. And it's, and and it's right there for all to see. And then you have this, uh, and then you have this, this warring faction, as I said, this organization, no white saviors aggressively hiring. They hire a Ugandan lawyer who of course is outraged by this because she feels like you're preying upon people, which I agree a hundred percent because even though, and we can argue that people can uh, have the freedom to do whatever they want with their children and bring their children. If you want to bring their children to the organization, and this is what happens, this is what happens. If you don't, then uh, you're, you're not. I, you know, the thing is, is that when you are in a country where you, have no, where you don't have resources available to you and your child is starving, you are in a very vulnerable position. Right. And that's where this lawyer is taking this. Did she break the law and people are in vulnerable positions. And as much as this lawyer tries to dig into if this woman, Renee Bach has broken the law or not, she says, what is your proof to this? No white savior's organization. What is your proof? And they're like, well, we heard this. We heard that this person said this, this, they don't have any proof is the problem. So. Even though they suspect and say, and you have her on camera in this documentary interjecting with medical device I- advice, is she really responsible for the deaths of these children? And that's sort of where your the audience is left to sort of figure it out for themselves. What they do do is they, this no Why savior's organization does succeed at getting her out of the country and she talks about her Ugandan daughter when she's now back in the, in the United States and the camera crews are there years later. She's saying her daughter can't go back there because of the no white saviors organization, et cetera, et cetera. Now (laughs) this group, no white saviors is mostly made up of, of all Ugandans and this white girl whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head, Leslie or something. So she, and and she is hell bent. She is literally saying on, on camera and on these zoom calls, I'm going to get people to get her arrested back in the United States. We're going to bring her to justice. We're going to put her on trial. She is vehemently and aggressively going after this again, inserting herself into something that is not really her business. So you have this woman Renee on one side of the coin who is uh, obviously interjecting with medical advice. And, uh, uh, and affecting the lives of these African children. Then you have this other woman who has her own agenda because she's building this social media following of, oh, we're going to get her and we're going to burn her at the stake. And that's where this sort of plays out. Is that again, the audience is left to take away who are the biggest losers here, because as the documentary, as in the last episode, you see. Renee goes back to the United States. She lives her life. She gets engaged. She she's married. She has another kid. She's living her life. And yes, her dream in Uganda of being this missionary and having this organization didn't work out the way that she, she hoped that it would, but she settles out of court with these two Ugandan mothers. So uh, I think all told, it was something around 110, 120 of these children died while in her care of her organization. And they were saying it was because of her negligence and lack of medical expertise that, uh, that these children died, <clears throat> but there's no lawsuit that the lawsuit that was brought, they end up settling and she pays each of these two mothers, two mothers out of a hundred and some children, two mothers get paid because they're the ones that brought the suit with the Ugandan lawyer. They get thirty five million Ugandan rubles or whatever it is. it 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 ends up coming out to like five thousand dollars, or six thousand dollars, which is like the life of their child, right? And at the end of this documentary, you see these African women, and they're just like they're so over it. They're so over. <laughs> and and I mean, I, I don't mean to laugh. I mean, it's like they're over it. like they they want these people out of their country. Why did you even like, why were they even allowed to, uh, why were they even allowed, uh, to be in our country in the first place and operate this way? Why did we allow this? Why did the government allow this? Because the government shuts down the clinic as well. And, and you see in this, in this, you know, the no white saviors group, they're like, now we got her. And, and these doctors are on camera saying, <clears throat> and and they're very sad because they're like yeah, but our organization is now shut down and the good that we were doing for these children, we can't do anymore because yeah, she did some bad stuff, Renee, but we were trying to carry on the mission of this and then they got to shut down. So then we aren't able to help these children and these children and these mothers and these families don't have any hope now because they're not able to serve them in the community. So all this kerfuffle for all of this and who loses? these poor, these poor kids and these poor mothers. So you leave the whole thing with this really sad sort of takeaway. Oh, and by the way, what do you think happened with the, with the girl, with the no white saviors, the white girl from, uh, from, <laughs> from America who's involved in the no white saviors, Uganda movement to Austri- to, to expatriate, uh, Renee Bach and her organization from Uganda. Oh yeah. She gets caught embezzling funds and misusing funds that she raised for the organization. What a surprise and gets kicked out of the organization. So you, you leave this whole experience just going, well, that was, that was three hours I just watched. And that was sad. It's a really sad ending because you're just, you're the the only takeaway is, is you feel like these poor families and these children have just been exploited. All for people to satisfy their own savior complex. That's my takeaway from HBO's *The Savior Complex*. I want to go back through some of your uh, yes, *Black Widow*. It is a terrible, <laughs> a terrible mess. Yeah, and calculate the collateral, the collateral victims. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it is. You know, I'm a very empathetic and very victim based person. And it was, it, it, it's really, really sad. And yeah, no wonder, as you say, Harry Potter's beard. No wonder they freaking hate us and don't want us in their country. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that yes, there were children that were helped. Absolutely. no one's denying that. And the, listening to these Ugandan doctors and nurses that are just frustrated, like, you know, that people were helped. But in the end you're you're left sort of going did our interjection into this did this did these people's interjection into this culture do more harm than good my takeaway is feels like it in a lot in a lot of ways ah it's very and and look i've never been to africa i do know that is a very complex place and there's a lot of corruption there's a lot of exploitation that goes on there and it's heartbreaking and to see it again all unfold in a documentary is just very disheartening um court mcneil has someone looped back around to make sure the children are okay i was late so i may have missed something i I do not know i do not know if there's a follow-up um they really don't show that in the documentary but it is very very Very, very, uh, (laughs) soon someone married her, sleep with one eye open. I guess so. Uh, yes, Black Widow, it is very, very disturbing. Um, I'm going to go through your comments here. Uh, but yes, Stance MB says, yes, she is responsible. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Because you literally have her in the film. People who she's hired to film her making making medical decisions and she's not a medical doctor and literally saying, and there's one scene where a doctor prescribes something and he leaves and she says, no, get them something else. That's another thing. And then she, you know, she, she says, well, her, her whole defense is, well, I've lived through it. I've been through it. Um, I know, I know better because I've seen this and that happen. But, uh, you know, they, they do talk a little bit about the process of, of reacclimating children who have been malnourished and malnutritioned to things like water, you know, slowly giving them water, slowly giving them fluids So they don't go into anaphylactic shock. And apparently they didn't do any of this. Now I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, and, and she could be, you know, uh, Harry Potter's beard. It is interesting. Uh, she's either a sociopath or a psychopath. Um. I don't know what, what she could be, but it is, it is very disturbing. It is very disturbing to see her behavior because she, she oftentimes in the documentary seems indignant and indignant and also very, uh, unaware of the damage that she ultimately caused. No, maybe she is and she's doing a fabulous job hiding it. I don't know. But, uh, it's a rough one for sure. It's a, it is a, um, it is a very, I'm going to, I got to watch, uh, take care of Maya next and give you guys my opinion on that. But, um, yeah, uh, this documentary was, was pretty rough, pretty rough. Um, Ottawa Andy says, I'm thinking that Africans must cringe when a do-gooder overfed white people, be- when do-gooder overfed white people come to town. Uh, absolutely. I would. I would, um, it's like, oh, you're coming here to fix our society, you know? And then, and then it's, uh, you know, it's under the guise of like, oh, we, you know, the, the, I think already when you set the table with, we're coming here and we're going to teach you a a religion, I mean, uh, and we're here to then save you. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it is in a way, neo-colonialism because it's exactly what, if you look back in history, 1492, Columbus sails the blue and here we are. And we're here to teach you the Indians about Christianity and the cruise Christian crusades across the planet. And again, I'm not here to vilify religion or anything of that nature, but when you do look back on it, uh, it, it is very, um, it is imperialism and it is colonialism in a lot of ways because if they just came under the guise of we're just here to help you don't need to buy into what we're telling what we're selling you with religion or anything like that we just want to help that's it um that might be one thing but it feels very nefarious when you when you co-mingle the two and then to have this woman literally seemingly having a god complex um it's really unfortunate you guys should catch it though you guys should catch it. And, um, I'm so glad you caught at least part of the live as well. Elena, beautiful. Um, yeah, well, uh, uh Harry Potter's beard. Then she'll start, uh, uh, screaming for the American consulate to help her as an American citizen. Good grief. Well, yeah, that's why her mother said you need to get out of the country because they were coming for her with pit- pitchforks with this, uh, you know, and, and again, it, it, the thing that struck me, uh, in the entire piece, uh, the entire docu series was is that everyone has a freaking agenda except for except for the 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 poor children and the mothers like they just want to get food and water clean voodoo water and, and and not suffer and have their children get medical attention and uh you know and something that i that i you know i also i, I couldn't help but and, and again i'm not here to to poopoo on religion but birth control. Like, why is that not a thing that's discussed as well? Um, you know, uh, it's just heartbreaking. It's, it's the hardest part is watching these children, watching these children come in, seeing them affected with all types of things. And there's, there's a scene where they, they start discussing, um, uh, and this is, this is pretty potent. Uh, and she is sharing with um, this, Renee Bach is sharing a story where she finally, the, because of the urging of, by the urging of the medical staff at her center, they said they need to take this poor child to a proper hospital and get her looked at. And they take it in one, and then they they have to go to another one, and then they have to get another, and they're very ruck shot, and, and some don't have power, some don't have medication, some don't have this, but the, the child developed a flesh eating disease and so much so that this this girl who was a nurse who was working with her literally had sent photos, you know, emails to her colleagues back in the United States and said, have you ever seen this? And they're like, oh, that's a form of necrosis. Whereas <laughs> as this woman, Renee Bach is literally prescribing like diazepam and, and anti-anxiety medications to, to prevent seizures. And it's like... She's having seizures from the necrosis. <laughs> like, treat that. But she you know, w- would say, oh, I don't know what this is. We're just going to, the doctors don't know what it is. Uh, and it seemed like she was always fluffing off medical advice. So takes a strong stomach to watch it. But the docuseries is called Savior Complex. It is on HBO Max right now. And um, it is a doozy. Uh, hola, Yanina Cueva. Bienvenidos. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, one of those things that, uh, Hey, we're still on by the way. (laughs) And if you're dealing with somebody who isn't a doctor, it is called mass murder says Harry Potter's beard. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it is interesting. It it, interesting is probably right. I keep saying it's interesting. Um, it, it brings up a lot of. Like where is the accountability at? Really, it it seems like she got out of the country. She kept her children, and yeah, they made a documentary about her. It makes her look horrible. I also always say to people who are, uh, you you know, who who have documentaries and who come out in these documentaries, and uh, you see them for their true colors. It's like you know they're like well yeah but they are but they're still alive they're still existing and they're still able they still have their freedom i'm like yeah but they look really bad and this is forever etched into the annals of history on film that these people are bad people and did bad things so at least there's a record of it for all of us to see and excoriate them if we feel if we feel uh so that Uh, Dr. MLS says I wonder what percentage of the medical uh, of the medical profession is narcissistic I've heard a lot about that I mean my father was a narcissist so there you go Uh, Matt I like I like watching you (laughs) for things call your so I don't have to yeah trust me if you're not dying to see it I was very disturbed because I had fallen asleep and I had to like rewatch it yesterday to talk about it after our after our other live that got cut off short I thought oh man this is a bummer um, believe it or not, when we're in a state, uh, uh, not, we're in a state of birth rate decline and Africa's data shows they aren't as affected by birth rate decline. So we need them or we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, that is interesting. Harry Potter's beard. And yes, I do know that we are in a state of birth rate decline. That is, that is getting a lot of traction. Uh, cause Elon Musk talks about it a lot as well. Um. Uh, i spoke to my phone like we were having a conversation and said it does uh and uh and she still thinks she is fooling people uh yes renee bach seems to feel that she is maybe somehow um maybe uh she's somehow um vindicated by this but she's not she looks terrible too um and, and again if you have a heart and any sort of compassion your mind goes to, I feel bad for the mothers and the children that you, cause you feel like they've been duped and, uh, we, as an audience sort of take away that you just don't, you don't leave the documentary feeling all warm and fuzzy. That's for sure. Anyways, uh, that is my take. That is my take on the HBO doc docu series. Um, uh, savior complex. Uh, it is out now three parts feel like watching it. Check it out, but be warned. It is, it is heavy duty stuff. Uh, But the filmmakers did a wonderful job. Absolutely for sure. Uh, I want to say thank you so much to all my channel members, all my channel subscribers. Channel members, we have a meet and greet this Saturday at 4 p.m. I will put links in our members only section to where you can join that. That is our live meet and greet. Obviously, I offer it also to my Patreon patrons. Uh, Patreon patrons, we are getting also... Ad-free episodes will be on the Patreon very soon as I uh, as I move off of a current contractual situation, which should end very shortly. Uh, live, as promised, episodes will be ad-free on my Patreon, which uh, I have been unable to do for the last year, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone and your smiling faces where we get to interact this Saturday, 4 p.m. for my channel members. Uh, f- sorry, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for those of you on Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and then wherever your time zone is around the world, you can figure it out from there, (laughs) but Eastern daylight time, 7 PM Lena, beautiful. Thank you again so much for the, again, thank you so much to my channel members, my channel subscribers, please. If you wouldn't mind click the like and subscribe. If you feel so inclined, I'm going to be back next week. We're going to be talking more about the Sam Bankman fried thing. I just won't play any 60 minutes episodes because I have had my hands slapped by the YouTube gods. Oh, well, Um, I want to say thank you again. All my channel members, subscribers. Uh, It's great to see you all. Mover Nation. I hope you all have a fabulous weekend. I am the gun power. Thank you so much for the super sticker. I greatly appreciate it. Again, everyone's support helps, uh, helps to, uh, (laughs) helps to uh, support this channel. Uh, Dr. Dr. MLS, I am so sorry that you were married to a narcissist, even though you are not a doctor. I'm so sorry. When I took CBD, CBD, it really helped my IBS too. Well, that's so good to know, uh, Blackwater. It also helps if you're feeling anxious as well. Uh, I know it does for me. Anyways, Mover Nation, on that note, I'm Callie Landry. This is Moving Past Trauma. Thanks, y'all. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. For exclusive content around this podcast, please consider supporting me via Patreon by going to collierlandry.com forward slash support. Please subscribe via Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please leave us a five-star review. If you wanna see video episodes of this podcast, please check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash collierlandry. You can find links to additional resources in the show notes of today's episode. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio. Copyright Collier Landry.